This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, and just before I started doing the show this week, I said to myself, am I ready for this? Am I ready to do this? <laughs> uh, I hope so. Uh, I should tell you up front, um, uh, let's see, I, I, my intention is to do a show every week in June. However... Uh, the uh, let's see the 24th mm, might not be able to do one that weekend it depends we'll see uh, the thing is see the, the the comic book store at which I work here comes the ad I work for Nostalgia Zone I record here in the basement of Nostalgia Zone Nostalgia Zone is a comic book store in Minneapolis uh, however we have an online uh, outlet you can go and shop our catalog online you can become a member and really it does help you to become a member of our membership You'll save 10% on your purchases. You'll earn 10% of what you pay as points that you can use in future purchases. That adds up to more money you can take off on a future purchase. You can use them each time you come in to make another purchase. Or you can let them accrue and then get that big, valuable comic book that, that you don't want to drop all that much money on. You know, if you got like $30 in points and you got a $40 comic book, hey, you get your 10% off of that. Take the 30 points. You're not spending all that much money on that book, are you? But, you know, part of the thing is, maybe the book is gone. Because <laughs> somebody beats you to it. But, hey, that's the whole joy of collecting comic books. So we've got comic books that range from, from the Golden Age, which is way back when, all the way up to Modern Age, within, like, like two or three years of now. And then we might even have some comic books that came out, like, last year about that. Because the reason for that is we don't carry new comic books as they come out. We get them as people come in and sell their collections or sell some books or trade some books to get some stuff. Or if we we used to uh, do comic book shows, we haven't done any since the pandemic. Uh, they stopped doing them during the pandemic and then you know the pandemic pretty much ended or we moved past it. We're past that now. And, uh, um, and then the comic book convention started again. Uh, but we just haven't, we as Nostalgia Zone have not returned. But... Uh, Anyway, that would be one of the places where we might pick up some books that are newer. But, okay, we've got back issues. We've got, you know, lots of them. So, become a member. Join, you know, go to NostalgiaZone.com, become a member of the, of the membership, and, you know, save 10% and build points for other things. And there are additional discounts that happen on books if they sit on the shelves long enough. Uh, and I went over all that last week. I did say that the 40% off tier might be disappearing, but so far it's still there. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I guess they're still in the decision-making process as far as that goes. And as I was saying, for the 24th of this month, of June 2000, 
2023. Uh, we're taking part of what's called the uh, Twin Cities or the Minneapolis Comic Book Crawl, and it's essentially just promoting the comic book stores in, in the in the in the area, and people go and we try to have like some deals or something like that. Uh, the store is going to officially start opening at noon on Saturdays. Oh joy! Instead of two o'clock. Uh, I should still be able to record my show and, and get my stuff done before the, before the riffraff. I mean, the customers come in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like the customers. Most of them are really cool. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're, we're going to do that starting next weekend. And then that following weekend, which I guess would be the 24th, we're going to have at least uh, the sidewalk. We'll be doing something outside the store starting at 10 a.m. because that's the day of the you know, of the comic book crawl. Anyway, that's that's so I might not be able to squeeze a show in there. I just I'm not sure how I would do it. Uh, I have to record the show here at the store because it's where I can have some quiet. I don't have a little dog that'll be barking at my elbow or trying to fight with me or wrestle and tug of war or whatever she wants to do while I'm trying to record the show. So you know, my dog is adorable though. Oh, she's adorable. And uh, last week I. I think I may have hinted that a friend of mine thinks that yeah, that unless your dog, unless you're a dog owner that has your dog a hundred percent trained to avo to answer every command at every moment, you're a bad dog owner. I may have, you know, led you to believe that that's exactly what he be what he believes, but it's not quite. He's you know he doesn't think people should own dogs if they well. Let's not get into the whole thing. It's not as 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 draconian as I was making it sound last week, but I was using hyperbole for effect. And I, yeah, so I just I told him I'd say, well, I'll I'll, I'll make sure that, that that the people know that that you, that you weren't saying exactly the way you know what you, what the way I said you said it. You know, so and he wasn't he wasn't being that harsh. Okay, I hope he's it feels a little better about that. <laughs> he wasn't being that harsh. So. Uh, let's see. The tooth is still out there, and it hasn't grown back in. It hasn't even started. You know, you know, you get your baby teeth, you get your adult teeth, and you get your old age teeth, right? It, it grows in, and it's nothing, right? And then I look it up, and it's like, oh no, old age teeth. Well, those are dentures. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they grew in. Well, I, I guess not. No, I didn't think they grew in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, the, the status of it is. Um, there's a tiny bit of tenderness in the area. Uh, I've been, you know, I was worried about the tooth in front of the one that got pulled out, thinking that maybe that one was having some problems, because that one's got a chip in the tooth, and I was told it needs a crown, but, yeah, you know, that's not going to happen. American medical and dental situation being what it is. And my situation isn't too bad. The insurance I got is pretty good, but, you know. But, uh, doesn't cover crowns. And I just can't. Yeah, I just can't. So I'll 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 do as the best I can with that tooth, uh, as long as I can. Uh, so anyway, um, there is uh, the tenderness back there has gotten a bit better. Uh, the puffiness of the gum has gotten a bit less. There's still a, this weird little pocket in there, in the gum, 
where the tooth was and and eventually that'll tighten up and shrink down just covering the jaw bone the, the the bone underneath it'll cover that and the holes that the teeth that the tooth the roots of the tooth made in that bone will calcify so that you can't if you run your tongue over it you won't feel the two little divots under your gums where your where the root was you won't feel it because there was two little you know roots coming out of that that tooth i guess they were long roots you remember last week's show i told you that so that little pocket that i have back there catches food <laughs> and it's annoying uh what i end up it was amy said well why don't you try you know why don't you try rinsing out your mouth maybe that'll help do it and i said all right it's worth a try so i got some water Ugh, hate water and i put you know slush it and sure enough it, it cleans it out so anytime i get some food in there and i can't just use my tongue to get it out of there which quite often i can't uh um i'll, I'll go rinse some water and that then that does it but that's that's about where i am so okay you know so it's still out there the tooth that is All right, <clears throat> I am a dumbass sometimes. I'm a little slow. Uh, I, 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 I should be a little quicker on catching things. You know, I'm a skeptic, and I try to think critically, and I try to be reasonable and logical on, on everything that I can. Uh, I do admit that my logic and reason tend to falter when it comes to sports i get more emotional about that and yes uh, politics yeah i do have a bias i do uh but i try to see through that a bit if i can uh it's not always easy and i'm gonna you know there's gonna be some politics in this show there's gonna be because i'm i'm very disappointed in some of you people out there and you're gonna hear about it <laughs> it's kind of sad actually uh but but before i get to that uh, I have a friend. His name is Douglas. Douglas is the host of a podcast called The Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. I know I've talked about that before. And he's gathered a group of, of uh, fellows, like-minded mostly, fellows, that uh, will gather together, uh, will join him on his podcast, not every show, but uh, quite a few of them. And he calls us the Gang of Occasional Co-Hosts, or the Gooch squad and i told you that uh, you know uh the, the name gooch you know kids meet you know right right so so i was thinking of other names to uh, propose to uh to douglas uh i thought maybe we could call ourselves uh, team taint how about that team taint would that work or maybe the perineum party <laughs> you know we could we could do that he, I haven't told him yet. I haven't passed him by yet. But I just, I, I ask you guys. Do you think either of those work? I think we're going to remain the Gooch Squad, though. Well, Douglas, uh, he let the Goochers know that uh, his through email uh, that his Facebook account had been hacked and hacked pretty badly. I mean, it took him quite some time wrestling with Facebook doing whatever they needed him to do and him, you know, hounding them to get his account back. It was, uh, you know, it was it was very frustrating for him. His brother was giving us updates about what was going on with Douglas and his Facebook you know, because his brother's account hadn't been hacked. Well, last Sunday, Sunday morning, I got a text from Douglas 
Now, I wrote down the exchange that I had with Douglas during this. And this is where I'm a dumbass. Uh, the first sign, the very first sign that should have, the first red flag that should have jumped up at me right away, immediately, should have been that I got the message from Douglas through his through Facebook Messenger. And his first text to me through Messenger should have had me thinking, hey, wait a minute, I thought your Facebook account was shut down. Did you get it back? That's what should have occurred to me because it was coming through Facebook. But it didn't. Again, because I'm a dumbass. Sometimes, not always. I'm above average intelligence. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody thinks they're above average in everything, but they're not. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm not a well. I, I don't think I'm above average in everything. I'm t I certainly know I'm not above average in 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 playing baseball because I, I can't even catch with a glove. <laughs> so I know that. But you know, some of the things. I mean, I don't know if I'm above average in intelligence. I like to think that I am, but I don't know. Anyway. Uh, before I get rolling on this, I'm going to take a break so that I can get through this thing without having to stop in the middle to take a break. So that's what I'm going to do. So you're going to sit tight. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I will be back shortly. This station is not your cup of tea. Oh, then drink coffee! 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 <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z-Talk Radio. On ztalkradio.com.
and welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, I'm a dumbass sometimes. So it's Sunday morning. Uh, I was uh, doing whatever, and uh, I got a text uh, through Facebook Messenger. Again, uh, my friend Douglas, his account on Facebook had been hacked. He let us know through email, those of us in the Gooch Squad. He let us know about that, said he'd keep us posted, and, you know, and let us know what's going on. Uh, and I got a message from him. Okay. So the message that showed up, the first thing that popped up was, what's your cell number? Now, my first instinct, my initial instinct, was was right. Now, I, I missed the whole thing about, this was Facebook Messenger, and isn't your account shut down? Uh, and wh- how are you messaging me through Facebook? But okay, that, that that I missed. That would that would have been the first thing. But my initial at this point being asked for my cell phone number, my initial uh, uh, instinct was spot on. Except <laughs> I didn't follow through. I replied. I feel like I should ask you a question that a hacker wouldn't know the answer to. Uh, just to make sure it's really you. Uh, I was on the right track. And I should have asked the question. But, Douglas said, It is me. Uh, my phone is my phone got messed up. And I said, Good enough. <laughs> because it seemed right. I don't know why. It just seemed right. No, I'm a, I'm a dumbass. I'm a, that's, that's just being dumb. All right? So then I gave him my cell phone number. Douglas says, I want to use it to recover my account. Hope I can. Sorry for bothering you. I reply, No bother at all. I hope you can get, uh, I hope you can get it back. Douglas says, Thank you so much. And then he says, Huh? Not sure why he said, Huh? But he said, Huh? And then I said, I do what I can. And then Douglas asks, says, give me your email, which I did. Okay, I sent you the code to your email. And then I made a joke. <laughs> My social security number is dot, dot, dot. Didn't give it to him. Again, I'm a dumbass. And I should have realized, you know, Douglas is going to pick up on that as a joke. Douglas, I'm going to continue calling him Douglas, but at some point I'm going to change. Just bear with me. <clears throat> Douglas says, give me the code. I said, okay. Uh, and Douglas gave me a thumbs up. I gave the code. And then Douglas says, it asked me to confirm it on your phone. Can you do that for me? Now here's where my Luddite-ism comes into play because I'm not full-on I mean I don't hate technology but I'm kind of I'm not too swift when it comes to some of this stuff my wife is much better at it I have her help me out with with some of this stuff I I just I don't know maybe it's because I'm old (laughs) but uh, I I I ask how do I do that Uh, and then I said don't I need your Facebook info 
Now then Facebook, now I'm doing stuff and Facebook is is wants to change my account. Right? It's it sends me at some point it sends me a message that someone in Nashville, Tennessee is trying to do something with my account. But the only thing is Douglas lives in upstate New York. And I looked at that and I thought, what? And then it gives this this option. It is me or this is not me. So I went with this is not me. I, at least I wasn't that much of a dumbass. I just I, I clicked that, so it sort of ended the process a little bit. And then Douglas says, a notification was sent to your to your Facebook page. Tap yes to approve it for me. Tap yes to approve it for me. Go there right now. I say I just ended up changing my pass Facebook Facebook password. Not yours. My Facebook page is locked now. I don't understand. I told you to tap yes. I said, it ended up changing my Facebook. Douglas says, not yours. My Facebook page locked. Uh, I told you my phone got messed up. Now, I should have noticed it's the English is okay. So I don't know. I'm making an assumption here. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe his English is just fine, and he just was typing too fast. But there's a something, and he didn't say my Facebook page is locked. He said my Facebook page locked. I don't know. Is that an indicator? But I didn't notice. I kept going because I'm trying to help my friend. I said I know, but from my phone, it accessed my Facebook page, huh? What is what your new password? My Facebook page locked. I said that will get you to my Facebook page if I give him my Facebook password. Until it gets you to my Facebook page, huh? I tell him. Uh, let's see. Oh, at this point, I tried to call him through Facebook Messenger, him or her. I don't know. I tried to call them. Uh. And the, it just rang and rang and rang and rang. They didn't pick up. At this point, I'm going to change the name of, 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 of Douglas to Hacker. Because I'm pretty much sure right now, this is not Douglas. Hacker says, I told you that my phone got messed up. I sent you the code to, uh, to your phone. And then I said, call me! Exclamation point. Call me! Hacker says, I told you that my phone got messed up. Try to understand me. And I said, I am trying, but I need to know it's really you. Hacker says, yeah. And then I ask, where did we meet first? Where did we first meet in person? That's the question I asked him. Where did we first meet in question? Hacker says, it is me. If you know that you want to help, just do it for me. I respond, Douglas would know the answer to the question. Hacker says, what? I repeat, where did we first meet in person? Hacker says, you think that I don't know you? I know you. I know your brother. I say, answer the question. Hacker says, Steve Fitzsimmons. That is your brother name. I respond, you are not Douglas. Fuck off. And I ended the, that there. And as soon as I ended it there, I went, oh shit, I gave the guy my cell phone number. 
So, Amy, help me change my cell phone number. I'm not overly worried about the email address. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on things. Let's hope we're okay. But, oh. If not noticing that it was his Facebook account through which he was uh, contacted me, I should have followed through with my initial instinct. I should have asked him the question, where did we first meet in person? Douglas would know that. So, a few days later, Douglas did, in fact, get his Facebook account back up and going. And then he, he looked through that messenger. He saw this exchange between myself and the hacker. And he, he came in and said, I'm so sorry about this, but, you know, and he answered the question of where we first met. He answered the question. He was correct. I'm not going to tell you, because I don't want any hackers listening out there to think they can do it. And, and it just shows you, <laughs> it shows me, that in an attempt to try to help my friend, I didn't, I, I didn't do what I should have done. I wasn't vigilant enough. I wasn't skeptical enough to, to make certain that that person presenting themselves as my friend really was my friend. So take that lesson. <laughs> don't do what I did. It doesn't seem as though anything horrible has happened. I've been watching, but it's, it's, you know, I'm a dumbass. What can I say? Oh, let's look at where I'm at. Boy, I tell you. Okay, um... If we nominate Trump, we will be destroyed and we will deserve it. That's a quote from Senator Lindsey Graham from 2016. Now, I suppose uh, supporters of the, the sack of shit that was our 45th president will look at that and say, well, Lindsey was just talking about, you know, in that upcoming election. He wasn't, you know, talking about because the conventional wisdom was that that he would be uh, beaten senseless uh, in the election by Hillary Clinton. All the polls were indicating she was going to win. It was just going to be slip right in and win real easy. You know, that's it, it, it was it was she was so confident that she would win that she didn't campaign very well in the swing states. She just thought she had it in the bag. Everybody was tired of Trump. The pandemic had 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 really uh, uh, sunk his chances to be reelected. Uh, you know, but oh no, wait a minute, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> he was a clown. That's right. That's what we were thinking in 2016. Jeez, I jumped ahead. We were thinking he's a clown. He's just a he's a fool. He's not serious. These are not serious people. Um, and and this you know she's got it. Well, she won the popular vote, but because America has this antiquated, dumbass, I think of me as a dumbass, dumbass system of the electoral college, you win just the right states, and you win, whether or not you won the popular vote. It's, you know, so what that does, I learned this through uh, from uh, Robert Reich and his uh, videos he puts on Instagram. He was talking about what the electoral college ends up doing today and in recent years what it ends up doing is it it puts all the power into the swing states all the power of who gets to become president into the swing states 
You know, the idea of the Electoral College was that smaller population states would have to be paid attention to by, by candidates because they needed representation too. So they would go to those smaller states and find out their concerns and represent them as well as the big states with the bigger populations. That's what, you know, that's, I guess, what the intent was. But what it ended up doing was there's a few states that could go either way. There's so many states like California is always going to be blue. You know, it just always is. Where's uh, another state that's always red? I don't know. Wyoming. Wyoming is always going to be red. Or at least that's the way it's been over the last few election cycles. Right? So there are safe states for red or blue. But then there's a few other states, a handful of them, that become swing states where we don't know which way they could go. So that they have the power. So, you know, and it's just stupid. I mean, it's one, the 2000 election, it, it happened before that where the person who got the, got less, that didn't win the pop, you know, or the majority of the votes, or the popular vote, won the office. Uh, there was a time when it was a three-way race or something. And, you know, I think Bill Clinton, well, um, no, not Bill Clinton. He'd won the popular vote, but I think it was further back. And there were, there were times when the person who didn't win the popular vote won the, 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 the office because of the electoral college system. And, of course, in 2000, Al Gore and uh, um, George W. Bush, you know, it was real close. It was when, you know, Gore had 500,000 or so more votes than Bush had. But, you know, he won the right, Bush won the right states and he won Florida. And Florida was the key state to win. And he won it. And, and there's this whole baggage, but it, it, that's, those were the rules, and that's how it worked. But the rules, at that point, shouldn't we change this? Shouldn't we not have an electoral college? Shouldn't it just be the popular vote? We don't want to elect governors in our states by electoral college. It's popular vote. Whoever gets the most votes becomes the governor. Suppose in Minnesota, uh, I think Minnesota, it might be different now, but I think Minnesota has like 10 electoral votes. I think that's what we have. So let's say that that's the situation. We have 10 electoral votes. And what we do is, uh, if we were to use an electoral college per state, right, uh, in electing the, the, the executive officer of the state, the governor, let's say we had that in Minnesota, right? So, so you got the Twin Cities area. That's one section of the state. That's, it's one of the, they carve out a few sections of the state, and each section gets a certain number of electoral votes. So, okay, you got the Twin Cities. That's the highest population in the state. That section gets three electoral votes. Then you've got the section of state that has Duluth. That one gets one electoral vote. I think Duluth goes blue. I think it generally goes blue. I could be wrong, but let's just say it does. Just for this thought experiment. The rest of the state is, is cut into three sections, and each of those sections gets two electoral votes. And, and that's much, that's the rural parts of Minnesota, very low population, uh, you know, and tends to be very conservative and tends to even, you know, you look at the, the precincts and which, who went for what, even within the state, you see a lot of red areas, but of course those red areas aren't very high populated. And you see the blue areas around the Twin Cities and the major, you know, population areas, you see more blue because, you know, people in cities tend to vote more Democratic or Democrat, I should say. And uh, so, so let's say that's the map, and we've got you know a Republican and a Democrat running for governor, and the Democrat wins the Twin Cities, wins Duluth, gets those four electoral votes. Uh, let's say uh, I don't know how many votes are cast in Minnesota. Uh, let's just say a million and a half. 
don't know. That might be it. I don't know. But let's say a million and a half votes are cast in Minnesota. It might be high. But let's just say that's what it is. And and that, you know, and, and they they and then the Republican wins all those other little places. He gets six electoral votes. The Democrat got four. And uh, you know, that's so okay. So the Republican wins, despite the fact that because of the populations of those those the blue areas, and there's still people voting blue out in the red areas, and there are people voting red in the blue areas. The the, the popular vote tallies up, and the Democrat had something like two hundred thousand more votes, but they lose. I mean, how asinine is that? I just I I think the time for the electoral college is done. I think it, it would take an amendment or something to get rid of it. But there is some movement afoot that if they get enough states on board to say within that state, because the states choose how they run their elections and how they do stuff. The states do it. It's a per state kind of thing. So if we get enough states on board, I don't know how many it is, to say, okay, all right, we're not, we're not going to put up with the electoral college thing. Within our state, our electoral college, or our votes go to who wins the popular vote nationally? If nationally, you know, George, uh, well, you know, if nationally Donald Trump wins the popular vote, which he's never done, he lost by 3 million votes, popularly anyway, uh, to Hillary Clinton, he lost by 7 million to, to Joe Biden. But if he somehow wins the popular vote, even though, you know, the, 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 it's just that the states all say, okay, our votes are going to go to the popular vote winner. Our, our, you know, and that's, I, I, I guess that's a way around it. I don't know. I, I, I probably didn't explain it as well as I could have, but that's something that's afoot that's trying to be attempted. There are several states that are on board with it at this point, but there needs to be more. <sighs> um. In the 1970s, there was this thing called Watergate. Some of you younger people may not remember it. I barely do because I was, you know, I was like 10 or something when it was really, you know, when the consequences of Watergate were were coming uh, to fruition. And there, to to borrow uh, something that I heard Lawrence O'Donnell saying about serious people. I already mentioned serious people. The mega people are not serious people. Uh, he was inspired to come up with this idea from that show Succession, in which the, the patriarch of this family is admonishing uh, his, his offspring and, 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 and hangers-ons or whatever. And uh, he just t he lays it out to him and says, you are not serious people. You're clowns. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's, that's me. Norris O'Donnell used that. And he pointed to, back to Watergate, he pointed to, to uh, Senator Bob Dole. Serious people. These are serious people. And some serious Republicans went to Richard Nixon when this whole Watergate thing was really boiling up. Republicans from the House, Republicans from the Senate, went to the President who was in their party. And the, and the Republicans in the House said to the President, we are going to impeach you. And the Republicans in the Senate told the President, the president that was in their party, we are going to convict you. And that then they both all said to him, you need to resign. You need to do this for the good of the country. You need to do this for the good of the party. You need to resign. 
Nixon resigned. At least Nixon resigned. But the Republican Party is not serious anymore. And again, this Lawrence O'Donnell kind of gave me this, you know, talking point. I'll admit it. They're not serious anymore. The MAGAs certainly aren't. They don't care. They're not law and order. They're not family values. They're none of that. They just want power. I have a friend. I've mentioned in the past. This is really this this hurts. This is heartbreaking for me. I, I've talked about this person in the past. They they they've always been a bit of a contrarian. Always gone against the you know the majority. Always always been a bit of that. And this person loves their their rhetorical prowess. They love to get in arguments online. And they just love this, you know, even though the person is wrong virtually every goddamn time. They happen to be a very good graphic artist. And along the lines of those NFTs that uh, that shitbag put out to fleece his followers of money, these, uh, these, these little NFT cards that once you buy one, it's just yours, except you can go online and Google them up and you can download them right there for nothing. You know, all these cards that show Fearless Loser as a cowboy or riding an elephant or being a spaceman and all that shit. They're very badly done, graphic artists. Very bad. Well, my friend tagged me in a post where he shows that he's designed some t-shirts where he's depicted Fearless Loser as a superhero. And, and he also has a t-shirt design where he's depicted Rhonda Santis as a superhero as well, with some bullshit phrasing on there for something called Patriot Propaganda Apparel. And I said, I commented, well, you got the propaganda part right. And actually, it's apparel, so two out of three, I guess that's not bad. There's nothing patriotic about it. These guys are fascists. Sorry. That's what they are. I, I fought the urge, and I successfully, I did not post that image of Hitler the propaganda image from when Hitler was in power over there in Nazi Germany. You know, you heard of him. You heard, you heard about that, right? There's a, there's a propaganda poster that had been done with him riding on horseback in, an, in, in, a, in a suit of shining armor. And he's, he's got one arm out. He's holding, you know, uh, he's got a flagpole in the hand. And then you see the, the swastika flag flying there. And he's sitting, you know, erect in that seat and just looking super serious. It's profile. And it's actually, it's a, it's a very well done illustration. The artist is talented. I've wanted so badly to put that in that thread. Just put the image in there. But I didn't want to do Godwin's Law. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want that to happen. So I didn't. And I, and I, I said to her and some other things, How, why are you not supporting Liz Cheney? She's wrong in just about everything. She supported Trump in just about every vote she cast when she was uh, in, in the House and Trump was president. But she's right about him now. She's right about him. Why isn't she the pride of the, of the GOP? Why? Why is the sack of shit? He's, I mean, God damn. You know, you, you go from, let me see, I wrote a few things down here. You go from him bankrupting a casino, having a fraudulent Trump university, his, uh, his, his stakes, his line of stakes failed, and, and you know, so like, this is a great businessman. 
He's done, you know, the grab him by the pussy, the, uh, what else did he have? He, oh, oh, and his, his realty uh, stuff, you know, where renting and such was shown, he was in court, that uh, they were being discriminatory in, in renting. They were, they were you know, uh, you know uh, racially discriminating. They were shown that in court. I think him and his father, when they were running the, the whatever they were running, It, it, there's let's see what else uh, this friend lists a bunch of dictators this friend he puts that on his Facebook he listed a bunch of dictators and he puts Joe Biden's name in there and he says because of Trump being indicted now for the second time that that uh, that that Biden has joined this list of like that includes Hitler and Mao and Stalin and a bunch of others that you know that arrest uh, their their political opponents Really? The the documents. He said, I, 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 as president, I can take them and I can declassify them. I can do that. I did take them. He says he did take them. There's tape, videotape, audio tape, I'm sorry, audio tape of him telling somebody after he was president, he's no longer president, he's showing someone documents, secret documents about you know, strategy stuff, I guess, I guess, ran, I think it was. He's showing stuff to somebody, and he's saying, you know, when I was president, I could declassify these. I can't now, so I probably shouldn't be showing you these, but I'm I just need to find 11,780 votes. He was found liable for sexual uh, assault and defamation in the E. Jean Carroll case. I mean, really, how much smoke needs to be coming out of that house before you think there's a fire. The MAGAs, the house can burn completely down, down to the ground, gone, a smoldering pile of ash, and they'll still say there was no fire. And if they do admit there was a fire, it was started by space lasers that were financed by the Rothschilds. When when does it get through? I mean, Republicans, reclaim your political soul. Shake that piece of shit off your shoe. Become serious people again. When I met this friend, he was a Bob Dole Republican. I was a Bob Dole Republican then. I've gone back to my liberal roots. I'm much more progressive than I was then. Back to the way I was when I was in art school and before that. I'm, I'm back there because it's just... I, I The conservative thing just wasn't... Didn't seem right to me. Republicans just started becoming such, you know, religious asinine people... And so anti-science and so anti-logic and reasoning. And this friend of mine said, said, my skepticism and my logic and reasoning has failed me when it comes to politics. I, how dare you say that to me? Come sit down with the Minnesota skeptics and ask them. And some of them are more conservative than others. And they're all going to tell you, Trump's a con man. Trump's a crook. He attempted a coup. He lost the election. I haven't brought that up with my friend yet. I haven't said, okay, tell me, yes or no. Did Trump lose the legitimately lose the 2020 election? And if he can't say yes, what 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 color is the sky in your world? There's a. Um, there's a picture that's come out, and if the information about this picture, if it's correct, 
it shows stacks of, of, of bankers boxes that are you know it, that we're told are filled with documents taken from the White House. They may not all be secret documents or classified documents or top secret documents. They may not all be, but in within that we are told that there are documents that that Trump should not have should not have had. And if that information is correct, I ask my mega friends, look at that picture and ask yourself this. What if it was Obama? How would you react? I say this often. I just say, look, step back. What if it was the person on the other side of the aisle from you, the other side of the political spectrum from you, what if it was them who did the exact same thing? Don't bring up Biden and his document stuff. Yeah, he shouldn't have had them, but you know who told the National Archives that they had those those documents? Biden did, or Biden's people went and said, they probably started thinking, well, geez, Trump has got these documents, this, this, this stuff came to light, and they probably said, you know, maybe we should check. They checked, they found documents, they said, hello, National Archive, we've got stuff that we shouldn't have. Oh, you do? Well, bring it on back. Okay, we'll do that. And then they looked some more, they said, hey, National Archive, we found more. And we're bringing it back. You know, we should probably investigate this. And they said, yes, and we'll cooperate. You go ahead. It should be investigated. The policy should be tightened up and how you know people, presidents leave office and what they take with them. It should be tightened up. If Trump had, when the National Archive came to him back when, and said, hey, you've got some documents you're not supposed to have. You need to bring them back to us. And he said, I don't have them. No, I don't. I don't have to bring them back. No, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, you got them. You got them all. No, they don't have them all. Well, you got... I declassified them with my mind. There's a difference. At least Nixon resigned. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm going to lather off a little bit and uh, move on to uh, this next break so that I can settle down. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. You know, I could be wrong about all this, I admit that, but, and I have a bias, I know politically, but come on. We're, there's too much smoke to not think there's a fire. I'll be back. Can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Uh. 
Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I've extended conversations with people who've been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Ah, that was a nice cleansing break. Still, you know what bothered me about the Andy Griffith show? The uh, Andy Griffith, I, the Andy Griffith show. You know it. It's uh, it's uh, an old TV show that starred Andy Griffith. He played Andy Taylor. He was a sheriff of this town of Mayberry in North Carolina, I believe. Is it North Carolina or South Carolina? North Carolina, I think. Uh, and you know he had his deputy Barney Fife played by Don Knotts, and then there was a whole cast of characters in this town. And with the exception of uh, of Andy and uh, his first girlfriend, played by Eleanor Donahue, whose name I forget, and his next girlfriend, uh, who's the actor's name I forget, played Helen Crump. Uh, with the exception of those three, uh, everybody in the town uh, uh, was uh, uh, had um, uh, special needs. <laughs> it seemed they were not. Yeah, they they had. Uh, some form of uh, uh, mental challenges, we'll say. <laughs> and and you know, and I guess that was the the point of the show. It's like Andy is like this crazy town of pe- people that are oddballs ish, and Andy's the one that's like us, saying you know us the viewers, you know. And then there's a couple other like a couple of his girlfriends weren't too you know we're we're not uh, ding baddie. <laughs> Yeah, they, so that was all. That was the thing. I've been watching some of this with my dad, um, who's doing okay. He's a bit more like dad than he's been. Still, you know, baby steps toward who knows what the next thing is going to be, uh, but we'll see. But you know, he's uh, he's still he's still plugging away. He's still in transition care. Yeah. But uh, there's something that that I saw on the show, and I remembered when I was a kid, and I would watch this. Not. It wasn't first run when I watched it when I was a kid. I'm not that old, but when you know you watch it on the rerun channel or whatever, and 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 
and there there would be it was the one it, it just really bothered me and watching this again I was reminded of it and it bothers me still uh, Andy Griffith in his sheriff's uniform which he wore virtually all the time I mean that was what he wore and sometimes he'd get into civilian clothes in some episodes and you know sometimes he'd wear a suit and sometimes he'd wear you know dungarees and a plaid shirt or something you know sometimes but most of the time he'd be in his sheriff's uniform and he wore boots, you know, sort of cowboy boots, boots, sort of. But they're the kind of boots that only go up, uh, you know, that just a little bit above the ankle. Maybe, maybe just under mid-shin. Uh, maybe, just under. And so often, he would get up from sitting, and you'd see him walk across the room, and his pant leg, one or the other, or both, would be bunched up on top of the boot. You know, it's not supposed to be. It's the pant leg is supposed to cover the top of the boot and go down to you know the top of the shoe. You know the of the of the the foot, the part the foot sits in. That's where it's supposed to go when you're standing. That's where it's supposed to be. And quite often, that's how it was. But also, <laughs> fairly often, he'd get up, he'd walk, and he'd see, and there'd be there'd be one pant leg bunched up on the top of the boot. And and it was because of the nature of that the size of the boot that didn't go up as high as a as a as a, as a cowboy boot will go. The cowboy boot will go up a little above mid shin. They should have given them those boots. Give them the boots that go up above mid shin, so that when he stands up, he doesn't have the bunched up pants over over his boot. Yes, these are the things. <laughs> That bother me. We watched uh, a good movie, a really good movie. Uh, this is an old movie, you know. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's like thirty years old. Old movie, hard to believe. Uh, uh, it's from nineteen ninety three. It's the Fugitive. Uh, the Fugitive. Uh, I forget who the director was. I didn't write down the name of the director, but it stars uh, Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. And, and I remember when I first started seeing the, the pre-press or whatever, the pre-advertising of this, this movie's going to be coming out next summer or whatever, you would see the trailer and you'd see, and you'd think, oh, God, Hollywood. they got to go find another old TV show to try to, to get going. Now, it was, it was based on the television show The Fugitive, which starred, uh, I believe it was David Jansen, who played Dr. Richard Kimball, who was based on an actual guy who was accused, and I think he was convicted. I'm not. Uh, hey, we should have looked this up, but I was too frothing at the mouth about the, uh, about you know this whole another indictment, <laughs> two indictments, 37 criminal counts, if I'm correct. I mean, you know, and more indictments on the way. But okay, okay, okay. I feel the blood pressure coming up. Settle down. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> What was it? <laughs> so uh, it's it, you know it's we just thinking the you know, the original fugitive show had this sort of uh, uh, running story. Uh, each episode had this kind of same, uh, as I understand, had the same sort of uh, of, of st plot. There was an overarching story that 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 Doctor Kimball is looking for the one armed man 
who killed his wife, who he was accused of killing and convicted of killing, and somehow he got away, and he's a fugitive from the law because he'd been convicted of killing his wife, but he didn't kill his wife, this one-armed man did. And the very last episode of the series, which I don't know how many years it ran, but the last episode of the series, one of the most watched television shows of all time, he catches the one-armed man. And the, the marshals or the police that were chasing him finally understand and believe, yes, you didn't kill your wife, this guy did, and whatever. So, and, and the way each show would sort of run, as I understand it, is that Dr. Kimball would drift into some town on the lo search for his, for, his, uh, the, for his wife's killer, and he'd encounter people who needed help, most often medical help because he was a doctor. Yeah. And then he'd help them out, and then he'd move on to the next town. Which was essentially the same plot of Kung Fu with David Carradine. You know, David Carradine played a, a character that was uh, half... Uh, he had an American father and a Chinese mother, and he was he come to America to find his father, and there's all this Eastern philosophy stuff through the uh, through the show. And uh, and then at some point, he whips out... He, he opens up a can of whoop-ass. And... It's the same thing. He drifts through into town. He encounters good people and bad people, and the good people need help against the bad people. And at some point, the can of whoop ass is opened, and he beats up the bad people, and he moves on to the next town. And the same thing with the Incredible Hulk series, with uh, with Bill Bixby playing Doctor Bruce Banner, Doctor David Banner. His name is actually Robert Bruce Banner, not Robert David Banner, which they did in the show. Which I hear, and I don't know if this is true, but they changed the name from Bruce because Bruce had in those days a sort of gay connotation this this you know it was a derogatory toward you know homosexuals you would you would, you would just call him Bruce and you do that lisp thing the little lilting thing right apparently that's why they did it but I don't know I had heard from a guy who owned a comic book store they used to go to he said that they'd already done so much production and created this it was a mistake that they had David in there they thought the middle name was David and it turns out it was they were wrong obviously and they had built a prop like a, a, a tombstone and it says Robert dr. Robert David banner on there and they had to go with David I don't know which is a true story but each of those episodes would be uh, David Banner would drift into town and encounter people who needed some help against some bad guys. He'd hulk out, help out the bad guys, and move on to the next town in search of a cure. <laughs> you know, uh, you know the, uh, the fugitive guy, Dr. Kimball, was looking for the guy who killed his wife. Uh, David Carradine, what was the name of his character? Uh, Kwai Chang Kang, Kane, Kane. He would be he'd be looking for his father, and and uh, David Banner was looking for the cure, not the ban, <laughs> the cure for his uh, his Hulkism. Okay, so I thought, oh my God, is they're gonna do a TV show for a movie? Ah, geez, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, it turns out it's a darn good movie. You know, and I think by the time I saw it in the theater, I had already heard the buzz about it. Like, Siskel and Ebert both gave it a thumbs up. They thought it was great. And it's all, it's it's a terrific movie. And and it's just, it's it, there's a couple observations I have uh, of it. Um, <clears throat> one is that Tommy Lee Jones, his clothes are impeccable. <laughs> he looks great in his clothes. He's got this long coat that he wears. looks fantastic. He even, he even makes a sweater vest look good. 
He's just, he's got, he'll wear jeans at some point. He'll wear the jeans with a suit jacket. He's just, and he's got that, he's got that, that long coat. I mean, I just like, man, he looks sharp. And I remembered something I heard about film. Uh, with films that have a, a bigger budget, have a budget to have a good wardrobe department kind of thing, the, 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 the lead actors are, you know, their clothes are tailored to fit exactly their bodies, to accentuate the good, you know, and hide the bad, to look excellent on their bodies. Now, I know we go to tailor our suits and stuff like that, but it's not it's not quite the same thing. I mean, if you really want to pay a tailor to, just to do the same kind of thing, you can. But in, in Hollywood, in the higher budget movies, I mean, that, that long coat that looks so good on him, uh, you know, was made for him. I, I'm reasonably certain. I, I could go buy a long coat that's the same kind of coat that he had and put it on, and it may not look as good on me because it's not tailored to me. So that was one thing. He always looks so sharp. And I like this character. I like the, 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 we were introduced to this group of U.S. Marshals, of which Tommy Lee Jones is the, is the head guy of this group. That's they're searching for Dr. Richard Kimball. And I, I like that, that there's, there was, when these characters come in, we already feel as though these people know each other. They've worked with each other. They have an ease about their dealings with each other. We, we are, we, we just, we feel that it's done really well. We understand that this is a group of people who have spent a lot of time together, and it, it feels that way. It just it doesn't always work. It's not always easy to make this happen, but it really is good because all the actors that play the parts are very good. So you know, and then uh, the other observation I have about it <clears throat> uh, is that uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, oh no! Before I get to that, we're we are shown scenes of the fight that Dr. Kimball had with the one-armed man who killed his wife. We're, we're shown those. There's like quick shots of them rolling down the stairs uh, with uh, Harrison Ford kind of pulling on the guy's uh, right arm and it comes off a bit and he, he, really, he sees that it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, a prosthetic arm and he sees the mechanism for it so he remembers all this stuff and he uses that to try to catch the guy when he gets, when he gets away from, from going to prison. Uh, when he becomes the fugitive, because he was convicted right at the beginning, they go right through it, they get him convicted, and then he gets out. Great uh, effect of him jumping off the train or off the bus that had fallen onto some train tracks, and and jumping off just as the train said, "It's great, well, uh, so superly great done." <laughs> uh, such a master of language, and I, th I, you know, I said to Amy, I said surely there'd be some DNA from this guy in there. And then I remembered, well, it's 1993. It's kind of early on in the DNA sort of deal. You know, that was about the time of, of OJ and the, you know, the DNA. You know, it's, yeah, you know, OJ Simpson. You know what I mean. So maybe, okay, maybe not. But surely there's some hair left behind. There's some fibers from the guy's clothes. They were fighting and rolling around. There might even be some skin fibers around. Or skin, uh, not fibers, uh, you know, skin pieces <laughs> around somewhere. Surely they would find something to indicate a third person was there. Uh, but I guess not. Um... So the next observation I have is Harrison Ford was 50 years old when he made the movie. And there are moments in that movie when he runs 
especially toward the end, and 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 I, th it may have been a choice, it may not, but I said I turned to Amy and says, "My goodness, does he run like an old man? <laughs> he lurches, he's he lunges and lurches. He doesn't so much run. It's just like, and and it might be in some of the scenes, like one he's being shot at from a police helicopter. He's up on top of a building. He's chasing the actual guy that was responsible, not the one-armed man. He's chasing the guy that was behind the one-armed man, killing uh, uh, his wife, uh, you know, Kim Kimball's wife." He's chasing him up on this roof, and and you know he, he so some of the stuff he's doing might be gestures of being afraid of being shot, but there's just watch him run. He's just he he, he lurches. He's he's an old man. Of course, he's eight years younger than I am <laughs> currently, uh, and when he made that. So there you go. There's that. And the other thing <clears throat> that uh, that that just to me was the most. Uh, implausible moment in the movie. You, you really stretch your credibility, and uh, you know it, you're, you're, you 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 stretch your uh, incredulity. <laughs> you suspend it. You, it stretches it. You know, in a, in a couple moments there. But there's one moment that it's just like seems so implausible to me. And no, it's not when he jumped from the dam into the water to get away from Tommy Lee Jones. It's not that. It's the scene where it's night, he's walking along the side of a highway, and a car pulls up, and there's a woman alone in the car that leans over to him and says, do you, know, do you need a ride? I mean, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, yes. Come to an end on our show. Uh, yeah, I got a little worked up there, but uh, it's important. Uh, be skeptical. Don't get sucked in by hackers. Oh, please. <laughs> Try to be careful. And uh, remember to sleep. Oh, this is Dr. Jim and the Dimline Radio thing. And I'm reminding you all sleep with the lights off. I'll see you next week. What a dumbass I was. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What? 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 What?
What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.